Welcome in. The Lions 24-7 podcast is back with a new episode. I'm Tyler Donahue, joined, of course, by Sean Fitz, and it's a big recruiting weekend. We've talked about the importance on our most recent episode, but it is here, uh, expecting a bunch of official visitors on campus. This is the final weekend of the early college football official visit window, so a lot of movement across the country. No different here in Happy Valley. We've got plenty to get to, Sean. We've got Brian Doan, our national recruiting analyst from 24-7 Sports, joining us here on the show as well, but first we'll get over to Mr. Fitz. Going to do a quick episode for you, get you on your way on a Friday. It's a very busy one on Lions 24-7. We've got our summer promo running. We've done, uh, I've done, I guess, by the time we're recording, three crystal balls already. A couple of visitors that are new names on the uh, on the visitor sheet. And a lot more to come on Friday. So we're going to get you on your way on this podcast and, and just uh, jump in with the first official visit week, or excuse me, the final official visit weekend before the dead period. And it's an interesting one because, uh, you know, we think, uh, judging by trends, we think guys are going to make decisions after this uh, or, or in this dead period, and I think Penn State could stand to benefit from that over the next couple of weeks. I don't know that it's going to be something where we see a giant flood all at once, but you know, you've got a couple of weeks to reflect on things and go from there. Right now, eight confirmed official visits. I uh, do know that Penn State is still trying to get a couple of those other guys, uh, uh, a couple of other guys across the line, but we'll see about that this weekend. Um, but starting with a big confirmation on Thursday night, uh, Jaden Dotton, wide receiver from from New England. Brian Doan got him on the phone. He's been really, really tough to track down over the last couple of weeks. Brian Doan got him on the phone. He confirmed his visit. That's the only official visit he's taken. And this is a guy that we pegged as probably the first commit in the class last summer. Now all of a sudden he's taking a trip to Penn State. I think that sounds pretty good for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, you and I both put a crystal ball pick in for Jaden Dotton to Penn State, I think uh, 11 months ago at this point, following his Lash Bash visit, when he did sound like a kid who was tempted to, to pull the trigger and be that foundational member of the class. And here we are, you know, the plan for him, he's been pretty consistent when he has spoken with media, uh, that he wants this decision behind him before the start of his senior year. That would set the stage here for this being the official visit that that ends this period of his recruitment heading into the to you know the uh, more down period in the summer uh so you know he, that's obviously a big one that jumped out and, and brian wrote that one up and um you know this is one where i think we could see this wide receiver class which you know a couple weeks ago had no one in it you know we could see them them wrap this thing up i think pretty quickly there's there's a few names out there we talked about it uh, on wednesday with parker washington being on campus uh, for a midweek official visit out of texas uh and now here's another one with Jaden dotton and, and another wide receiver to know also on campus uh sean a florida gators commit and, and florida gators commits love to explore their options it's a, a proven track record down there you're gonna have uh jaquavion frazier's on campus and uh, he is a guy who committed to florida last december following a really impressive junior season uh but clearly you know cider's working his magic john dunmore as we said in the past now now a freshman at penn state uh, he was a florida gators commit during his recruitment process so we've seen this story before and, and Penn State's going to have about 48 hours to shoot their shot here. And it's Frazier's getting on campus, not Leonard Manuel, as we expected for a long time. Manuel, of course, told us in May that he was coming up for an official. It appears that one is off. He's, he's expected at Miami this weekend. So kind of a, a curveball there. But I, you said wrapping up receiver class. I don't think they're going to get to that point because obviously they're going to chase Julian Fleming for a long time. Keandre Lambert's still very high and a, and a couple of other guys on the board that are, that are still pretty high. Um, and, and, and numbers, I think, is kind of fluid in the situation because you've got, you know, the portal has has changed some things. You've got a new receivers coach, that fresh slate that we talked about on the, on the episode earlier this week. So you've got a lot of things going for that receiver position where you can't pencil in two, three, maybe even four guys. So 
Norval Black's kind of on his own as a JUCO kid. We've talked about that before. But, uh, yeah, you, you see a lot of wide receivers coming in. They're still recruiting some some committed kids. You talked to Josh Downs from uh, North Carolina that commit a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they're still going after kids like that. So I think that's that's an interesting thing. Um, st- still sticking by the crystal ball. We're looking at guys like Keziah Izzard's going to be on campus. Uh, Enzo Jennings is going to be on campus. Two guys that Penn State uh, reportedly leads for. Um, you, you have an opportunity with a guy like Brandon Taylor, who's a defensive lineman from Ohio. You're not really sure where he stands on a couple of teams' boards. I think Penn State would take him and develop him into a, a future defensive tackle. And then you've got some some really good athletes like uh, Diamante Trianum, uh, running back athlete. Uh, you know, I think some schools are playing him or recruiting him as a linebacker. You've got Mordecai McDaniel, one of the fastest kids that's also got a 6'3 frame um, in the country. So that's uh, that's one thing. And then Cole Taylor is kind of a wild card. We don't talk about Cole Taylor enough. He's a tight end from Colorado. You've got Theo Johnson. You've got some other guys out there on the tight end board. But Cole Taylor has been right up there as well. And he wants to make a decision this summer. So very busy weekend. Very um, You could see some action coming from this. Like I said, I don't know that it's all going to come at one time. But you could see some action coming from this. And Penn State positioning themselves well going in for a few guys. And we didn't even talk about Henry Gray, who's going to come up for an unofficial visit from South Florida. So a lot of names out there, a lot of buzz out there. And I think, you know, after this recent lull, people will be be happy to hear about this weekend for Penn State. Recruits from Colorado, Maryland, Michigan, uh, Florida, a lot of guys, Ohio. It's obviously an eclectic mix of players and positions. And, uh, you know, Penn State has an opportunity to come out of this thing carrying momentum and maybe perhaps sealing the deal a little bit here. Um, I think we've talked about this before, the official visit window, the way it's structured now, the recruiting calendar. I think it encourages a lot of these, you know, early to midsummer commitments um, in a way that it didn't necessarily do that before. And, and as you said at the top of the show, uh, there's a lot on the table right now for Penn State uh, if they can take care of business and make some positive impressions. As we said, uh, Parker Washington, the wide receiver from Texas, was on campus uh, midweek. So is Joseph Johnson on an official visit, a cornerback who has been very interesting for Penn State since they offered in the spring. He spent some time committed to NC State. He decommitted, but he was back at NC State the weekend uh, prior to his Penn State visit. So, uh, and, and by the way, Sean, just to address this, he did bump up his commitment date by two days from July 4th to July 2nd. Not sure what really played into that other than maybe people didn't want to gather on a holiday and, and, and spend July 4th in, in a spot. I don't know. I know I, know I didn't want to write it on a holiday, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. So it's, well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because looking at analytics, I tweeted this about a couple weeks ago and some people actually got angry about it. If you tweet on a holiday, you're actually kind of doing a disservice service to yourself because you're obviously putting it out there to get people to read it to get people to to want to know what you have to say and if you do it on a holiday people just are online it's the same thing on friday afternoons and we're going to put this up on a friday afternoon so maybe that'll be true too um but no it's it's funny when you look at the analytics it's probably one of the worst times to do it i know why people do it they do it as gifts they do it as you know a special family type things but from from an analytics standpoint just doesn't get the job done yeah and uh derek wingo by the way shout out for the christmas commitment christmas commitment oh boy <laughs> uh, by the way, Derek Wingo, while we're on that subject very quickly, Derek Wingo, Curtis Jacobs, a couple linebackers who are committed to Penn State. Uh, they just released the opening finals rosters. They are on the same team. No surprise there. A couple years ago, you saw Justin Shorter, Ricky Slade on the tournament winning team in 7-on-7 seven seven action. Uh, but you'll see a couple future Penn State linebackers getting to work with each other, spending a lot of time together. I'm sure doing some recruiting as well because so, there are some Penn State targets on that team. 
Um, so uh, just a, a side note there. Other visitors, Sean, that are not on officials, and you mentioned Henry Henry Gray being a very notable one. A couple recent offers uh, for Penn State. Fatorma Malba, guy who just two weeks ago showed up on campus, you know, put together a really nice day for himself, showed off that athleticism, came away with an offer, an in-state product. Um, and then you've got Jair Brown, the latest Lackawanna College standout who's, who picked up a Penn State offer last Sunday during camp. He is not waiting long at all, going to be back on campus, as you reported. Um, obviously, you know, the, the time frame there, you know, it, it, it raises a flag and you wonder, you know, what these guys are looking at with the quick return trip. Yeah, Jair Brown was a guy that, uh, I mean, JUCOs are different. That's no doubt about it. And, and he wanted to get his mom on campus. And I think it might be just a matter of time in that one. So um, he's, he, he couldn't make it happen yesterday. Wanted to come up, come back for the whiteout camp. Did not really work out on his schedule. So he's back on campus on Friday. So, I mean, logically, we're looking, we're keeping a close eye on him. Mulba, of course, Penn State, by far his best offer. He came up and he wants to work, or excuse me, he's coming up and wants to work with Sean Spencer again. See how, what kind of feel he gets and, and, you know, all these guys, the official visitors, the unofficial visitors are going to have guys that are committed around them. Uh, you mentioned uh, Micah Bowens, the quarterback commit. Curtis Jacobs also planning come, on coming up. Nick Dawkins coming down for the second weekend in a row. Um, so and, and Cole Brevard coming in as well. So you got a lot of guys peer recruiting. You got a lot of things. Uh, you know, you'd like to see some dominoes this weekend if you're Penn State, but it's not necessarily an all at once thing. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think there's I think it's set up to be a pretty positive weekend. And you love seeing your quarterback from Las Vegas making a, you know another trip up there. Micah Bowens is on campus for the blue-white game. Uh, and now here he is again for, for what looks like a pivotal weekend for, for putting together a class that he's a part of. So I think that's obviously a very positive indication of where his head's at and, and his commitment to this program. So you know, four guys there that you mentioned that are committed, they're going to be able to sell some stuff uh, in a different way than the coaching staff will be able to. There's a lot to look for. And, and, and Sean... When there's a weekend like this, and, and we got a ton of coverage on the site, Brian Doan, by the way, recruiting shout on Friday. It's going to be too late for you to check that out live, uh, but you can go check out the site. It's a VIP uh, recruiting chat. Barton Simmons today online breaking down the, the linebacker you uh, that Penn State is putting together, the foundation for the future. He breaks down a lot of film for that. So ton of content from our national guys. And, and also right here on the podcast, uh, you were able to get Brian Doan on for a conversation and, and very timely considering uh, he's got his finger on the pulse of so much that Penn State is trying to accomplish on the recruiting trail. Doan doing so much for us. And he just put up an interview with Caleb Williams, 2021 quarterback, who we talked about earlier this week. So Plenty of stuff on the site today. Check it out. But we're going to bring in Doan right now and pretty much finish up the podcast. But thanks for joining us. I'll get Tyler out of here. But thanks for joining us on the Lions 24-7 podcast on this wonderful, maybe raining, I'm not sure, but uh, not raining here, Friday. Thanks for joining us. Now we go to the phone lines with Brian Doan. Brian, as always, thanks for joining us on this lovely Thursday. Uh, Penn State right now. It's uh, kind of a mixed bag, 3D commitments last week, but as you were telling me beforehand, that's that's uh, clearly in the past, uh, obviously. But w- what's your take on, on where Penn State stands right now um, w- with with all the happenings over the last couple of weeks and moving on to this important visit weekend? 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, for me, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. But but second, I, I get that people are upset about decommitments, and and it's certainly not a good thing. You don't want to see, you know, three in a week. But you also realize the kids are decommitting from everywhere these days. And my understanding is, you know, for the kids from National Christian, Aaron Parks and, and Josh Moten, it was more about just wanting to take a couple other visits. And, you know, they had decided early in the process and neither one had made a ton of visits. And they wanted to make official visits. And from talking to people, I don't think that was something that Penn State loved to see them do. Um, I don't think any school would like to see their committed kids take visits unless, you know, down in the South, it's kind of just commonplace. But so, so I think from that standpoint, it was just, all right, they're going to go look elsewhere and Penn State's going to look elsewhere. And I don't think there was anything more to it than that. Um, and with the way recruiting has sped up and kids trying to make early decisions and then watching their friends get recruited, I think sometimes kids are like, ooh, did I decide too soon? And I think part of it is just as we navigate our way through spring official visits and through an early signing period, there's going to be some changes just in how recruiting goes. And you're seeing it already with so many official visits in the spring now. You know, the weekends, this weekend there's a dead period after it. And I I don't know about you, Fitz, but for me, I feel like with some of these kids, they think it's the February signing period coming up that they want to decide like in the next few days after their visits. So I think I, I don't get too stressed out about the decommitments because I mean, you're Penn State. You're you're gonna get a, some really good players. It's just make sure you identify the right ones. Yeah, you, you like Aaron Parks and Josh Moten, but just go find comparable kids. Nowadays, can schools get away with that no visit policy? I mean, I, I think it feels different for some kids. We've seen Dante Thornton pop up. We've seen guys in past cycles pop up on other visits, and you know, Penn State likes to kind of take a hard line. But is I mean, is there any? I mean, it's it's, it's obviously all gray area, right? There's no doubt. You know who could take a hard line? Clemson. That's it. That's about it. Clemson, maybe Bama. That's about it. Because they're the top of the food chain right now. And so they can dictate how things go. And if a kid, you know, with Clemson, they're turning down five-star kids, as, as we've learned. Um, so there's always somebody right there ready to raise their hand if a committed kid is going to take an official visit elsewhere. But, yeah, I mean, how, how do you police it? I mean you got kids who have people in their ear who 
I mean, let's be honest. If I told you right now you could go make three free trips for weekends and have a great time and be fed, you know, it's, it's like a cruise without the boat with the way some of these places feed you. Um, yeah, I don't know how you police it. You, you, you try to make it so kids don't want to take those visits, but that that's the price of getting commitments really early in the process. Yeah, is there is there a good way to go? I mean, I, I know we've talked in the past about some of these guys setting up visits without telling schools. Some of them are up front with schools. From a prospect standpoint, is there any way to, to get around that, do you think? Yeah, I think you just have to be honest. You, you, if you Recruiting's relationships, we always say it. And if you have a strong enough relationship with that school, you tell them this is what's going on, this is what I'm thinking, and then you work through it. I don't think um, <laughs> making a visit without telling people is not a good way to do things because if you're trying to go behind a coach's back now, then what's that going to say when you're there in the program and, you know, the accountability and your work ethic and all that. So you don't want to do that. You want to be up front. But I also understand why kids aren't because, you know, people get bent out of shape with this stuff. But you have a 17-year-old kid going through the process once, dealing with coaches who are, you know, three and four times their age who deal with this process hundreds of times a year. And so they're going to be more savvy. They know how to manipulate it. I mean, heck, if a school has a quarterback committed and all of a sudden some other quarterback who's higher is showing a ton of interest, well, then that school is going to start recruiting that quarterback too. So it's the, the nature of recruiting is, you know, how much can you trust somebody? And, and that's why when you hear kids, when they commit, it's always, I trust the coaches. I feel comfortable with the coaches. It's because they have an honest and open relationship. Yeah, no, I would agree. While we're riding that line, we haven't had you on since uh, Julian Fleming went to Ohio State. What does that do for Penn State? That's he's, he's a guy we've talked about for a long, long time as a potential linchpin to this class. What do you think that does for Penn State? Where do they sort of go from here? Yeah, I think that's the one hit that was really um, difficult for them just from the standpoint of local kid who they've been all over for a while. Um, had been to campus so many times. But listen, you, you hear time and again or at least I do, about Ohio State receivers coach Brian Hartline and how good of a recruiter he is. And, again, you're, there are a few schools that can recruit and get any kid in the country, and Ohio State happens to be one of them right now. It's a big hit to Penn State, but just go find somebody else. I mean, now, there's not another Julian Fleming out there, because if there was, we'd have you know co-number one receivers in the country in the class. But... Go find somebody who's going to be outstanding, who's you know similar build, and just because you didn't get Julian Fleming doesn't mean there aren't other great receivers out there to get. So go get one. Go find somebody else that that fits your system, and move on from there. I mean, you know, you you, you talked before about you know Thornton, that, you know, in the twenty one class. I mean, he's a tremendous receiver, great length. Um, yeah, he's a year younger, but you just have to keep cycling through and just go find players. It's part. I'll never forget Ben Hallen, who, when I covered UCLA, who's now at Mississippi State as the basketball coach, I did a story on recruiting and how much effort goes into it and how you rarely get the kid you're recruiting. And he said, look, recruiting is 95% disappointment. And if you can't handle that, you're in the wrong business. 
No doubt, no doubt. Well, Penn State's got some familiar names from your territory on campus this weekend. They've had some guys in the past couple of weeks. Um, what, what, what are you seeing from guys like Elijah Gaines, uh, Joseph Johnson's on campus as we speak, probably going to leave today for, for, from his official visit. I mean, what, what are you seeing from these guys? Yeah, I think, first of all, Elijah Gaines is a guy who's under the radar, um, New York City kid. At, you know, He's now an Episcopal um, down in Virginia. Penn State fans know that school, Johnson Sutherland. Um, I, I, I really think he's kind of like a dark horse in recruiting because he's not making officials until the fall. He really doesn't have um, a clear map of what he wants to do other than some visits. He's going to go to North Carolina at the end of July. I think it's the same day as the Lash Bash. But he has not made a ton of visits. He's at Episcopal. His mom lives in um, New York City. I, I believe his, he told me his dad's in Charlotte now. So he can't get around to a lot of places. So what visit did he make? He went to Penn State last Thursday, spent a day there, and really got a good vibe of, of what it's about in the family atmosphere with the coaches. One thing I always hear is coach, you know, when I talk to kids is the Penn State coaches do a tremendous job of making kids feel at home and like they're part of the team already when they visit. And so for Gaines, just keep an eye on him for a while. There's some really good safeties on the board, but keep an eye on him for a while and he'll make a decision, you know, way down the line. But he's definitely a kid worth watching. It's just he doesn't go a lot of places, doesn't do a ton of interviews, so people aren't as familiar with him, maybe. And then Joseph Johnson, I mean, this thing has come full circle. He, you know, former NC State commit, decommitted, went to Ohio State on a visit. Um, I don't think Ohio State's involved anymore. From what I understand, it's Penn State, uh, NC State, and I, I know there's one Texas other. Texas A&M, he went for an official uh, yeah, down there. Yeah, Texas A&M, where he went for an official. Um, that looks like... You know, he's going to decide somewhere around July 4th. Um, I should have the details of it today or tomorrow, later on. And if you remember, when he visited Penn State back in the spring, he left and Penn State was his number one school. And, and it was clear Penn State was his number one school. And then, like, a week or two later, he committed to NC State, which is a program he knew more. He's a long guy who I saw live, and after seeing him live, I said, hey, we need to make this kid a four-star. I think he's that good. He runs well, uh, really loose hips. And I always got the sense that Penn State would stay involved with him, and then, he, you know, once he decommitted and set up the visit, um, I, I just feel like Penn State's in a good spot with him. I also believe that this thing will change even after he makes his decision in July or, or I should say should change, will have the ability to change. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one to watch. And I think it's something to pay close attention to in the next day or two after I speak with him about the visit. A couple of guys from your region coming in this weekend for official visits, Keziah Izzard and Mordecai McDaniel, two of the best names in the DMV, no doubt, but two, two of the guys that Penn State's been on for a long time. And are, are they those guys that are, are looking at this dead period as potential, uh, I guess, game changer for, for schools filling up, for other schools that they're looking at being – Put, uh, legitimate options and going out the door or anything like that. I mean, what what is your stance on those two guys right now? Yeah, we'll start off with Kaziah, um, the defensive end who we rate as a defensive tackle out of DeMatha. Um, I checked in. He was going to visit LSU. LSU doesn't seem to be in the mix anymore. Not really sure how much in the mix Ohio State is anymore. Um, 
we've talked a lot on the message board about Koziah and his ability. And one thing I told you after I saw him for the first time in the spring was I thought he looked quicker. I thought he looked more fit. I, I really thought he had a good spring. And, yeah, I, I think he moves inside, and Koziah doesn't want to hear that, but that's cool. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that would fit really well in the middle of Penn State's defense. And I think if things go well this weekend, there's a chance that he ends it in the next week or two with a decision. And, again, I, I feel I feel like Penn State will be the school to beat coming out of the weekend. Um, and... and I think he's a good player. I mean, I you know, we saw him twice. You saw him. I saw him twice. And I didn't come out of it saying we need to drop this kid. Um, I, you know, Steve Wolfong was there. He he thought the kid had a good a good time when we were at the opening down in Virginia. And then Mordecai McDaniel. The one thing with him, he's visiting this weekend. And one thing I keep hearing is he also wants to run track in college. And... Penn State's going to have to explain to him that that's a possibility to compete at a high level if he wants to run track at Penn State and as opposed to SEC with Florida or Tennessee. Um, I think he fits really well in that defense at Penn State. I like him as a safety, also a guy who can cover in the slot and do a lot of different things. And he's he's been quiet in recruit. He hasn't done a ton of interviews. Um, when I spoke with him in the spring, he said, "Hey, that'll change. Uh, I'll I'll be more uh, approachable with the interviews and everything." And he's been great since then, and he's really talked a lot about Penn State, and he's been excited to get to this visit. As you reminded me, he's had this visit set for months. Um, it's not something that just came up, so it's something that he really wanted to get done. And I think it's a chance for him to get back to campus and realize. Wait, I, I, I do like the coaching staff up there a lot. They have a lot to offer, and I can play pretty close to home. Um, I, I think Penn State has to show that, as crazy as it is, that he can have success in track also, and that could really get them involved heavily. As we approach this weekend, Penn State's got about 10 guys coming in for official visits. Is, do you, is there credence to getting the last visit before that dead period? Because I know some guys are all over the place in their timelines, and, and we've got guys that probably you know are taking visits now that may not decide, like Jordan Morant. He's, he's going to take a visit now and, and decide in January. I mean, w- what's your thoughts on getting the last visit before the dead period? And then I guess what's your, what's your thoughts on how, how you can balance that between your regional guys, your national guys, and things like that? Yeah, I, I think, A, if they're going to decide in the summer, getting them now is imperative because you get the last in-person shot. There's a reason why you want the last in-person shot at the end of January or in the middle of December. That's all important stuff. Um, so, yeah, the, the last face they're going to see on the recruiting circuit is going to be James Franklin or the Penn State staff. And that's huge because that's what state, you know, they're like everybody else. You remember what just happened more than other things until you really sit down and think. So I think that's huge. It gives Penn State the opportunity to counter what other programs are doing in recruiting. And like I said, I don't, that's not negative. It's not positive. It just means counter it. And it allows them, once they do it in person, then these kids go home. A kid like Jordan Moran, 
No, it was not ideal for him to be the first visit in June when he's announcing in January. But you have to look at the particulars of it. He plays at Bergen Catholic. They start their season in late August or the first weekend of September. I haven't looked. Most of their games are on Saturdays. They usually make a run deep into the state playoffs, which run until it's usually the second weekend of December, whatever that second Saturday is in December. So how are you going to get all your visits in? He's going to be at Michigan this weekend. How do you get all your visits in if you're him? So you have to take some in June, and he chose to take these because it fit into his schedule. There were big visit weekends, and it just made sense for him. Um, it's not ideal. Now, the one advantage Penn State has is he can turn around and get there in four hours on a Saturday if he has a Friday night game and they want to get him on campus. So there is that possibility. But that's why guys like Morant are making a couple visits in June. He doesn't have the ability to make five of them in the fall. Very good insight from, or great to elite insight, I would say, from from 24-7 Sports National Analyst Brian Doan. Brian will be doing a chat with us on Friday on the site as part of our Penn State Takeover Day. Brian, thanks for uh, joining us. It's always a pleasure to hear you, and it's always a pleasure to, to hear you not panic with recruiting. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, and glad to have you around this weekend.